Hey, everyone, and welcome to Signals from the Frontline. You're once again recorded on a Tuesday uh, broadcast brought to you by Frontline Gaming. We are your hosts, Kicker, the chief of cereal and sigillite of the FLG. And I'm Seth, the Mad Doc, your competitive correspondent. Kicker, bud, how you been doing? I am doing great, Seth. Yes, folks, this is a pre-recorded episode because it is the holidays. It is the holiest holy days. It is Thanksgiving. Well, kind of Thanksgiving week, you know, Thanksgiving month, really, but Thanksgiving week. So we're having to pre-record the show a little bit. That's really into them Black Friday deals, folks. Yeah, Black Friday deals on Black (laughs) Shopping already. Seth and I will probably be in chat tomorrow, though, while we're sitting around with our families. Uh, Seth, I got to brag, man. I got to play some 40K. Sorry, that's a scathing indictment of our families. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing this early so we can spend time with our families, but we'll probably still be in chat. That's very likely. That's very likely. Guys, if you are listening to our podcast, you should be watching as you should normally watch every Wednesday live at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time so you can see these cool visual elements and be part of the chat. There will be a chat uh, with this show, even if it is a pre-recording. Seth, right there. Do you see what that is? Do you see what that is? That is a bad That's guard. That doesn't look like Votan to me, son. No, 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 my friend. That that was me this weekend playing with my guard and literally in tears because I was having so much fun. They were tears of joy because guard is my true love and having not seven not eight not nine but ten tanks on the battlefield it made me so happy and proud uh the new the new decks definitely does work well with tanks and i was able to move my tanks up the front and take over the majority of the battlefield in the first two rounds it was it was a lot of fun man and for hobby progress because yes i am rushing to get my, my my whole guard army ready can we show that next photo right there look at this look at this yes two more tanks coming more. off the uh, uh, construction uh, uh, the, the, uh the factory line at least it's not a royal dorn yet these are not Dorns. No, no. These are just standard Lehman Russes, but but I really, really didn't have that many uh, plasma executioners, which seem like the the spicy new, you know, sauce, I guess. I don't know. Am I saying this right? The, new, the spicy new stuff? I don't know. The secret ingredient uh, is executioners. They are amazing. So go with plasma tanks. That's what you want. So I needed more. So there they are. Seth. I know you've been pretty busy too, right? You've been yeah, you've been yeah. I've been uh, I've been trucking along, trying to stay, you know, honest yeah. uh, to what I, we told the community we were going <laughs> to do, which is build and paint Votan. So I finished up uh, over the weekend fifteen berserkers. If you remember from last week, I told you I tried to get a test model done before the last show, and I sort of melted it partially, yeah. um, but I did, you know, manage to finish up. I I built them with axes. I'm going to play them with hammers, but the axes just look too cool, so I, I had to go with it. So um, that's right, fifteen so of them done. What is the color combo? So you, the for those of you listening, the the blade of Seth's axe there are they are gorgeous, like absolutely gorgeous. What is that color combo? What is your recipe there for that bright green color? <sighs> um, it's a base white, and then I think I did like a layer of moot green over it and then the very tip of the blade because like i liked in the codex how they did them where they were like orange but the bright part of the orange was on the inside of the blade and the dark part was on the outside which is kind of different than how we see a lot of them yeah, done. Yeah, yeah totally so i tried to do that with green so i think the outer part was like like cerabite green it was it was a darker green so it, cool. it kind of has that transition well, um it looks sexy man yeah looks- and, and, and i was like they have chloe green axes and they've got kind of you know the the blackish purple armor, the yellow pants, the you know gray, uh, you know astro granite ground, and those kind of pops. So I finished those, um, and then I embarked on building land fortresses, which I have been told that kit is a bugger to build. And yeah. I built two in the last two days, and I got to say, went together fine. Now I will tell everyone the trick that I have found. I am going to paint my canopies. 
which means I almost had an entire sprue of the three sprues in the box that I didn't have to use because that's how many little bits and parts go into those cockpits. Yeah. Yeah. And and you now you have all that fun conversion material, right? So I'm going to paint it because I kind of like the the lack of faces on a lot of my on a lot of my Votan. It kind of makes them a little bit more alien feeling to me. So I want to paint them up and make them look cool. So that's what I've been up to. Uh, Kicker, why don't you get us into the industry news? Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. I just got something very important we got to talk about. It's the jank of the week. Normally, Seth, this is you coming in with the crazy janky rules. But I I realized, you know, I showed my hobby progress there of my – so I got a Vanquisher uh, as well as those executioners. The Vanquishers are kind of like the sniper rifle tank. Um, Mm -hmm. Check this out. I ran them this week, and I was blown away with how good this little, like, uh, I guess, combo was. I'm not not saying it's overpowered. I'm not saying it's going to change the whole world. Uh, Newsflash, Kicker saying it's overpowered, everyone. Everyone be ready. (laughs) Overpowered combo. Coming. But it was it was fun and it was a reliable result. So check this out. You take the Vanquisher Lehman Rust tank, which okay. is the it's got a strength 14 one shot gun. It's negative five AP damage is six plus D3 plus another D3 mortal wounds. So you do the math. That's up to 12. Wounds it's right like there. a rail gun. It's basically a railgun because it ignores invulnerable sit, right? So, okay. so you, all right. So it really know, is a railgun. It really right. is a railgun, right? You only get one shot. Yeah. But Bear with me. You're hitting on threes. You can make this tank a tank ace for very few points, and you can give it the the basically the doctrine that allows it to get re-rolls of one re-rolls to hit. So you take your one shot, you miss, guess what? You get a re-rollable three up to hit. Uh you're gonna wound them, you're gonna destroy. You're probably gonna do at least seven. Well, no, you're gonna do at least eight wounds minimum because of D3 plus another yeah, D3 mortal yeah, wounds. So minimum of eight right. wounds. And guess what? If you fail to actually wound, because say it's you know, say you're only wounding them on a two and you roll a one on your wound. That's okay because you can just use your free chapter. You're not your free. You use your you know reroll strat to reroll that. So, but basically though, I was guaranteed yeah CP reroll. I was guaranteeing you know one dead transport of my opponent each turn it fired, and it was it was wonderful. I loved it. Made me very right. very happy. Yeah, um, I like it. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Okay, so new products, Seth. Yep. I think we should um I think we need to bring in our special 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 someone do, here. Do uh, we, where's where's do, Tech Priest? Dickie? Do we? Okay. Yeah, we have to, guys. This is big news. There you go. It's it's your favoriteest thing in the world, Tech Priest Dicky. It is the world eaters. Tell us what you think. Be quiet, kicker. <laughs> <laughs> there is so much rage in my heart. <laughs> in your heart. That's how much rage is in my heart right now. <laughs> the the, 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 color the screen has turned red. red for the audio <laughs> listeners. So red. So, so red. red. There's so much blood. So much red. So, so there was a there was a preview uh, last Friday night. Yeah. Uh, and they, they previewed the world Sad. eaters. Be quiet. What? Okay. I will do this. <laughs> this is his moment of joy. Let him enjoy it. Everyone, we have world eaters. <laughs> we have world eaters. I don't know when they are coming out. I really hope it's soon. I imagine it's January uh, 2023. Sorry, we're not getting it soon. I apologize. I'm sure Kicker will get all the release, all the, the uh, information <laughs> early for me and you. Cause, cause we just, once the information hits us, we're going to, we're going to get it out. Look at those guys. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Those gorgeous. Are the eight bound. What's so special about them? Yes. Uh, Dickie, tell us what's going on with the eight bound or well, eight, they, whatever I, they definitely didn't miss chest and arm day. That <laughs> is a for sure. What about leg day? You got to get to combat. That if you look, they got some chunky, chunky cows going on under there. So, 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 so yeah. as a non-world eaters player, is this an entirely new unit, or is this something that they just made new models for? Uh, okay, so that that's a controversial question. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, okay, so um, 
I would imagine up. these are going to be... Uh-oh, we have a, a cancel. Uh, we have uh, very close to possessed or possessed type models. Um, now, are the, these possessed with any demons? They are possessed with eight whole demons in... Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's why they call them eight bound. Yeah. There you go. I like that. I'm I feel like they have to have eight attacks on the profile then. Oh, my gosh. Wait, so, the, you know, here's the bad thing. I don't think you can field them in... Like the, it's a box of three, so you would imagine that it's going to be like six. <laughs> it's not going to be a unit six. of eight, right? <laughs> they just screwed oh, it up right there. GW, they, if that they codex bound isn't it. printed yet, you need to change that right now. And if it is printed, <laughs> I expect a day one FAQ. Yeah, uh, and then so, so, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay, so are these your favorite unit from the from the preview? Uh, I kind of love them. Uh, love I know, them. I know, people don't necessarily like the way they look. I think they're fantastic. Uh, these well, are the exalted can be eight wrong. Bound. It's yeah. okay to be wrong. That's right. That's what I was going to tell them. Uh, these are the exalted eight bound, which is a different data sheet kicker. So oh, uh, you can run really? eight bound and exalted eight bound. I think it's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And they're big chunky boys. <laughs> and then we, ha then we <laughs> have the sweet. Jack Hals. I guess that's, uh, yeah. which are sort of like corn cultists, right? Yeah. They're angry. Like, I love how giant the weapons are like most, like, how are they holding some of these up? Like, like, I don't know. I believe future, uh, there might be some performance enhancing substances. Oh yeah. And also, I, I don't, I don't believe that these guys are natty. No, <laughs> no, they definitely lift alongside the eight bound. Uh, but there's a big, uh, Marini guy in a cultist squad, which I think is super, super amazing. He yeah. must be dishonored or didn't want to fight or get blood or something. I don't know. Whatever it is, he's, I, he's there. I, I suddenly have a strong urge to investigate what sort of like fitness center does the world eaters provide their their oh. uh, staff. They're so yeah. yoked. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they got to have – they've got to have, have like a hell of a strength and fitness coach. Yeah. I mean you know they're I mean? hitting a planet fitness on a daily basis for sure. I think oh. they got kicked out of planet fitness. Yeah. They definitely yeah, – they, for throwing the weights down, they definitely got kicked out of planet fitness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So we've got our death uh, – our world leaders. This is this is wonderful news. We're excited to see them. You've got this HQ guy riding a, a, a Juggerlord. Juggerlord. Juggle or juggle There we go. Whatever. Juggle yeah, I just, I don't is know. Is he funny? Is he a clown? No. He could be. He could is, be. Is he a joke to you? There's, uh, <laughs> they didn't show Lord, uh, Lord Invictus, but uh, there he is uh, in all his chain glory. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, so uh, I think what, we, what people are not talking about, which blew my mind, besides, of course, these amazing world leaders, was the Wolf Riders. Wolf Riders are coming back. They've just disappeared off the cool. face of the, the, the AOS. Wolf, wolf Riders. Wolf Riders. The yeah, fantasy Goblin Wolf Riders were one of the, Goblin one of the best riders. units of all time. Wait, are, you, are you telling me you didn't just shut off the preview yeah. right after the world leaders was released? <laughs> I'm like, I've seen it. I can go home and Man. <laughs> I actually do know a gentleman that, that uh, perhaps – stopped driving to watch the preview yeah, for world eaters and then once the world eaters part was done turned it off and continued driving i was that's, at that's, the that's boys really and i just stopped everything and i pulled out my ipad and i started watching this in front of everyone <laughs> in the middle of a round yes. just to stop look yeah. how glorious this is that's uh, angron on the table that's angry boy look how angry he He's looks so angry <laughs> you know what i'm angry about one yeah. of them skulls around his neck Ah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. So I think we have to address the elephant in the room now that Kicker talked about his wolf people or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it looks like they're not going to have individ individual uh, Red Butcher Terminators. So everyone, 
I'm sorry. It, it looks like it's going to be a CP to make them Red Butchers, or I don't know. But uh, regardless, I think they look good. And I will tell you, uh, those 30K uh, Red Butchers, they're gorgeous models. And maybe looking to get in those if you want a, a fancy uh, Terminator unit. D- Dickie sure. already has stock in them, by the way. I already don't got worry. a whole bunch. Yeah. So yeah. I'm ready to rock and roll. So, yeah. Oh. Okay, so so okay, we don't care about the goblin wolf riders no. that are reincarnate in the I, new. I fantasy. do, I like Beautiful. them. I think they're gorgeous models. We can move I think on from they're, them. We they're don't... great conversion fodder if you want to do like a, a Gretchen army. Of, Thank of you. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, they're just they're, I don't know, so much potential with those models. I know Dicky doesn't care about rage that. building. But what about the new? Okay, hey, rage building dude. What about the new demon guy that got released? The the angry like kind of mech kind of demon thing going on there. Oh Seth, yeah. Did you catch his name? We could talk about him. Yeah. What, what, Bashar. Yeah, Kashar. Bashar. Yeah, Bash- cool. I, as a longtime Bashtar player, <laughs> I love this model. <laughs> um, is this so is cool. the guy that we we saw in the like the well, rumor well, mill well, pictures yeah. they've been putting out, where yeah, yeah. everyone's like saying dark mech. This is uh, apparently going to be one of the main chaos characters in the Ark of the Omen, uh, like yeah. series they're going to be putting out of and campaign books. Seth, that um, series is going to be the boarding action focus series, or it's going to yeah, involve the boarding yep. action rules, which is the yep, you know using into the dark terrain. So it, but he looks fantastic. Like he's, he's not, he's like demigod level, not Primark level, but he's looking like he could, he could lay a, lay a Do you think that this is the, the beginning of dark mech? Do you think that he's going to somehow be part of the dark mechanics or purely just because I I think this might, like, I could very easily see this being it. Like, because you could probably easily get him into, like, depending on what keywords and rules and yada, yada, yada. I'm sure you could get them into existing chaos codexes um and aesthetically he would fit with a lot of those armies so yeah they don't have to but it also is a nice like jumping off point if they want to yeah yeah so yeah, totally, I, have to, totally. I have to tell one joke uh that Go i that i saw in chat last night at uh for grim uh so he's the creator of all the of all the demon engines i'm not so worried about him because yeah. uh, engines are known for being, not being so good, so uh, I'm thinking harsh. he's going to make them pretty good. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I sir, a disco lord is riding a what? Uh, I don't know. A demon, a demon engine. engine. Yeah, yeah. And I those know, things are mean. But those things are mean. Look how, look how well, cool this is. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I am going to keep us moving along because we have a wonderful special guest that has to yeah, reveal right, right, some right. very important stuff on this episode. Fine. So let's talk really fast about the mats that Frontline Gaming released today. Yes, yeah. today. Four new mats have been dropped. We've got Arid Desert, my personal favorite, Cataclysm, Jungle 2, yes, super original name there, Jungle 2, and then Nebula. So we've got four brand new mats. These will be going up for sale. And guess what? We've got our massive Black Friday sale happening this week. It's the biggest sale Frontline Gaming does all year long, and these brand new fancy mats are part of that. You can get up to 50% off the secondhand shop. Uh, the mats are on sale. It's, it's, it is the deal to, to, to not miss out on. Yeah. And Seth, I guess we should talk about what's going on with the events because that's kind of important. We yep. have a little announcement regarding the Cherokee Open. Looks like War Games Live Joe is going to be joining Woo-hoo. us at Cherokee. Yeah, you guys know him. You love him. This this community legend. Uh, Rocky Mountain Open. We're going to be having a 40K Legion, and we're trying to add Age of Sigmar. If you or a friend or you're interested in seeing Age of Sigmar at the Denver event there, uh, shoot me a, an email, uh, events at frontlinegaming.org. We have a few people that are interested, but I'd like to find a local guy that wants to run Age of Sigmar. It'd be kind of cool that be that event, to have a, a local guy running Age of Sigmar more in denver yeah. uh and then big news here we've gotten 
bombarded with people trying to be exhibitors at LVO. We've got a few really exciting guys that have partnered with us. Creature Casters coming in with a big 10 by 30 booth, so a massive booth. We've got Warlord Games coming in. Warlord Games makes Bolt Action as well as several other games. They've decided as of this morning that they want to be a part of LVO in full. So they've already got a big event there, but now they want to have the, the, the booth with some oh, potentially cool. first time ever released models presented mm-hmm. at LVO. And everyone loves these guys. Monument Hobbies is showing up in full as well. And uh, yeah, Monument Hobbies has a very long, uh, very big cult following within the community. People love their stuff. They're pro acrylic planes. Seth, have you tried Monument Hobbies stuff at all? No, I've not, but they oh, make what, the, the pro acrylic paints. I've heard a lot of good things about them. I just haven't, I haven't delved too deeply outside of the army painter and GW ranges. Well, I'm just going to like tell you right now in a rollers bag. And I know you get a high rollers bag. Uh, there'll be some really sweet money behind stuff. Not one, not two, but three different things from them in the high rollers mm-hmm. bags. Their yeah. white paint is the best paint ever. <laughs> really? really? Oh, was that the white paint you were telling me about Dickie? Yeah, so I think he was telling me about like a really good white paint because I still haven't found one I really love. And sweet, sorry. Sweet. All right. So I'll have to check that out. I'll have to pick so, up. Seth, we are done with products and events. Let's jump into the FLGN news. What happened this week? And then let's bring in our guest. Nothing happened this week. Nothing no, happened no, this week. No. Uh, if you remember from last week, there was a uh, Grim after the Signals Thursday show uh, combo, which was fantastic. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, uh, it just really was great. Yeah. Um, even with Danny there, it was still great. Um, so you know, check that out if you haven't. Um, and then there was a dick episode again this week on uh, the, the lovely uh, Grim After Dark where they had Mitch from uh, both FLG staff judge fame and the best in tabletop network. So it's good to have him back on and, and watch those guys have some fun. Um, and then, of course, you got us here again tonight. Oh, and that's what's yeah. been going on in the FLGN. But Kicker, do you want to bring in our... Uh, illustrious guest yeah guys so we've got a very special guest for you guys this is john this is salty john himself the head lvo judge a frontline gaming staff judge the 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 mr 40k when it comes to the competitive scene there he is mr john salty john himself john uh first of all hi how you doing what's going on in your world hey um how much going on in my world? Just trying to survive. Just trying. <laughs> Why is there a mannequin in the background? That's my wife's like dress form. This is a okay. shared hobby room. Okay. <laughs> no, that, I was like, man, speak. he's getting some into some real 40k cosplay back. There. No, my <laughs> wife likes to make costuming, and she has to do costumes for the drama club we both run at our school. So, okay, the dress form serves a actual purpose other than being oh. creepy in the background. Oh, oh, okay. Although your wife should probably make you a really sweet like commissar outfit to wear as the judge just roaming the halls at LVO. I, I think that'd be pretty No, sweet. Inquisitor. Definitely. Inquisitor, Inquisitor. Inquisitor. Yeah, he is. He's definitely like Inquisitor has, has like unlimited power. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, John, you've been on the show before. You, you know yeah. the shtick. What's your favorite cereal? Just get it out of the way now. Are we, are we, your favorite uh, You know, I think last time I said Lucky Charms, but yeah. you know, I recently rediscovered uh, Golden Grams. Golden, yes. Ooh, look at this. Yeah, look at this. We're, we're kindred one. spirits. I bought two boxes yeah. of Golden Grams yesterday, man. It is <laughs> that. It's it's a very it's a very seasonal cereal. It's perfect for yeah. Thanksgiving. Like mm-hmm. Golden Grams and Thanksgiving go together like peanut butter and jelly. So so perfect. for sure, yeah. I yeah. I don't know that I've ever equated a cereal to being seasonal before, but <laughs> now I, mean, if, I know. The, if the palate is correct, then <laughs> it is what it is. You know. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, Golden, Golden Grams are the pumpkin spice lattes of cereal. And there we. <laughs> I love it. All right, all right. So, 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 John, um, for for those of you, you know, those of our listeners that have not met you or, or, or mm-hmm. have never been to LVO before, maybe you can give a little background on, on, I guess, your credentials that you've been doing this for a while, et cetera, et cetera, right? And that, uh, yeah. and, and that, like, 
what to expect at LVO because you are the judge and you're running all the, we have a full judge team at LVO. It's not like yeah. just you for a thousand plus players. It'll be you and your guys. Um, how did you get into judging just really fast? Uh, well, when LVO got too large for Reese and Frankie to do everything, including judging, they reached out to some of the locals here in Southern California to help do it. Cause uh, at the time, there were there weren't that many like GTs and majors. I don't know if people remember that, but there was a time where there was not one every weekend, and now we have like eighteen every weekend. Yeah, every weekend. Um, <laughs> so they reached out to a group in SoCal, and then the next year they did it. Um, they needed to get more people, and they asked me. And then the following year, I kind of ended up getting put in charge because I had <laughs> like the time to do stuff and. I'd put together a video, which I put together a video every year from the judges. And um, uh, I guess because I had the time to do certain things, I kind of got put in charge. And for a while, we didn't want to have like the head judge moniker. But then eventually we decided we needed to have like a specific person in charge of the team. So that that became me. Yeah. And Um, it's it's been really I think I've done it since 2016. And, but, but dude, it's been amazing having you as the primary point of contact for the LVO when, when it comes to 40K because there's about 50 different game systems being played and to have yeah. one point of contact run the, the – let's just call it like 15 judges underneath you as opposed to me having to deal with all 15 judges individually yeah. just for 40K would be very overwhelming. So you know, you do an amazing job. You keep things organized and things on time. I mean – and more importantly, you're super responsive to the community. Which is yes. where you are. <laughs> we're at right today. What's happening right now? Why you're on the show? You, you were you the one that really wanted this this I guess survey that we put out last week. I mean, I think it was my idea, <laughs> and okay. then I and then I put it together for you guys. So it, it, it was amazing. Uh, so okay, so Seth, do you want to give a little background on the survey? Because you, as a participant, you took place and you took part in that survey. Yeah. Seth, give us the quick one two sentence description yeah, we, of what we the went survey through was. it last week in pretty pretty big detail. So if you want to, you know, get the nuts and bolts of everything, um, but essentially, it's think of it kind of as an annual uh, <laughs> survey, or, or maybe. I don't know if it's going to be annual yet, but uh, essentially, how has your tournament season been in terms of like FLG events have you gone to? What has worked well? What has not worked well? What can be improved upon uh, in general in terms of events? And then some specific questions that we knew the community was interested in. Yeah, and I think it's important to know we did two. And then yep. there's people who were like, why would you do two? Well, I think the, re- the, you know, the reason we did two is we cared about hearing from everybody. So we wanted to hear about from people who didn't necessarily attend the events this year, but are people who are in the community who are, are potentially people who att- attend our events. Um, so there was that one. And then we have a specific one for if you attended the event and um, or and, events. And, and actually some of the chat pointed out last week, which was also kind of, I guess, a tangential benefit here is, you know, Kicker obviously cares about the, the guys that aren't at the events because he wants them to come. Yes. But a, a lot of community members were also pointing out that, uh, what FLG does becomes a standard at a lot of other events. So sure. giving those people a chance to have an input on decisions that are made at this level, mm-hmm. because that will filter down to other events uh, is something to think about. So, so, so no pressure, John, but don't screw it up, man. Like, yeah. you know, you got no people pressure, in the- <laughs> but not only are the FLG events, depending on how you handle this, but other people's events are too. Sure. Well, but but it's kind of cool though, right? Like like after we put that survey out, like and, and after our show last week, people were asking us from around the world, like you know, hey, we really do pay attention to what you guys do, and people are asking access to like the player packet and stuff because they want to see how we run the LVO because that's how they want to run their 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 own events at at, at their own home. Uh, John, so 
first of all, do you have any interesting feedback or any you know that 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 we got so far? Because I know it's only been about a week, and there's a lot of people taking the survey, which is what we want. We want as many people taking the survey as possible. Yeah. But I mean, have you started to gather some of that data? Um, yeah. So from the participant survey, there's 174 responses so far, mm-hmm. and then from the general survey, there's 218. Cool. Um, so it's pretty good. Um, I at first there were not very many participants responding, and then I think we finally filtered in everybody's inboxes. It took me a while to get spam that many emails <laughs> out. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of it ended up in people's like update folder or forum folder or spam yeah, yeah. folder or like whatever. So yeah, yeah. But anyway, we've gotten a lot, and then um, the response has been some of it's pretty predictable. Like, hey, what's your preferred form of play? Well, match play is like ninety plus percent of both groups. Yeah, um, the points. Like I like to ask the question, hey, what point level do you like to play at? Because, you know, that changes from time to time. So why not put it out there? And it, overwhelmingly 2,000 points, mm-hmm. um, which is what it's been for years. So, but, but, but maybe we should touch on the point. It might make more sense to – I mean, I'm not saying we do this, folks, mm-hmm. before you all, you know, you know, <laughs> attack me here. But like if we did 1750 or 1500 points, we'd have faster rounds. Yeah. And that could be a plus, right? Maybe. I I will, I've been an advocate for – shorter round times and shorter events mm-hmm. and earlier start times for a long time, which oh, yeah. I earlier know the start earlier start time thing is people jump on me about all the time. Yeah. But I'm always like, man, if the tournament started at 6 a.m., I'd go to like tons of tournaments. Cause <laughs> all right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time. 6 a.m. I, <laughs> like, I was, I was like down with like an 8 a.m. start time. <laughs> and then you, you threw out six. So like we... If I start at six at the bottom, then when you negotiate, we can negotiate up to something that's more palatable. Uh, he, John just wants his competitive far. advantage so that his opponent is half awake when he. I mean, yeah, I, I, am, I am. I'm up early. I remember kids. when when there was the kerfuffle at uh, the 2020, and you had the option of either playing that night or playing before the ne- the round in the next morning. I was like, no, I am not getting up in the yeah. morning to play that round. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of things with 2020 in hindsight that you know. I mean, that year, I mean, you guys, you you made the best decision you can make. I'm not not mocking the decision you guys made, but just for reference, I was literally offered that and was like, no, Mm -hmm. I will not be playing 40K at that time in the morning. There were several people who were like that. So that's fine. I mean, we had to do what we had to do. That was just that. Um, And then some other things of note. Let me see here. I got them both open. Um, uh, Then there's areas where we ask for specific feedback from people. um, And there's, there's things specific to the venues and the participant survey. Um, the most commonly attended was LVO or I'm sorry, the Las Vegas team tournament is the one that we got most respondents from. Um, the next most was Atlantic city. Yeah. In terms of the respondents responding that they went to those ones, those those were the two, the most, um, and then a huge number of respondents from both plan to go to LVO. Yeah. Like over 70% of the respondents to both are planning to go to LVO, which is cool. What we, um, what we found, John, like, and this is not off the survey, but this is just purely for me seeing at events. Like when we went to Cherokee, we had a lot of people that had never gone to a big event before, like a really big 100 plus a person event. Mm-hmm. And we did Cherokee. Suddenly, a good percentage of the people that went to Cherokee went to their first LVO, you know, right. like the following year. So that's the, you know, these events hopefully excite people to want to go to more and they get bit by the bug. Frontline Gaming, like we put on some pretty good, you know, pretty good events. I know not, you know, they're not perfect. Don't get me wrong. They're definitely not perfect, but they're a lot of fun and people generally want to go to more events after they've been to the first Frontline Gaming one. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then the other section was talking about terrain preferences, which is the big one. And then, <laughs> so we put this one in here for a couple of reasons. One, um, there are terrain changes we've been planning for a long time um one of which we already announced which was the we're going to try to make sure all the bottom floors are blocked up 
um, because that's something that a lot of players really like the idea of, which I agree with. Um, John, just, so, just to be clear, not every single piece of terrain, but certain pieces of terrain will have the first. Okay. Right. So for us, it's going to be specific pieces. And we already published pictures Okay. With several of the tables and w- which ones are blocked up. And they'll all be marked with an F, which makes it easy yeah. for first floor, right? Yeah, because um, the, the common cry and the, the immediate feedback was people were worried about the return of magic boxes, but yes. you were on top of that very mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah, yeah. And so that was a change we'd had in the works for a long time. Um, in fact, that change is not a result of these surveys because these surveys don't even ask that question because we already knew we were making that change Um, because we'd already received that feedback from players. Um, Then another thing we asked was, well, what do you feel about the player place terrain? So of the people who go to frontline gaming events, it's overwhelming 65% like player place terrain, the the FLG player place terrain. Those who don't go, the majority still like it, but it's a much lower number threshold for people who like it and don't, um, which is to be understood. You know, that's understandable. Um, and also, there's also a large number of people who responded to the general survey. I think it's 11% who responded. So they didn't, they've never used it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, that's some, we've also been looking at ways of changing that up, um, changing that system, making it better. Now, none of that's going to be announced for LVO. All the, all the changes we've made for terrain for LVO have been made. Um, and, and John, if you don't mind, uh, on, on behalf of the Frontline Gaming team, which is, you know, we're a full team of guys at the warehouse, at the manufacturing yeah. side, the, the office, we have to build terrain literally every single day. We have to pump yep. out terrain sets in order to have enough for LVO. Mm-hmm. So yeah. even if we had all the money in the world, we'd, we'd have to hire, I guess, a lot of staff if we wanted to change right. this. But but we can't – we're just trying to make enough terrain to make LVO mm-hmm. happen, right? Yeah. Um, and it's going to happen. But if we wanted to make new terrain for, with a new format, a new system, or go back and change yeah. all the existing terrain, that's logistically not going to happen. Yeah. But – we have time for you know for the future to start planning on how do we want exactly. to adjust the rules or, or the use of our terrain. It's a definitely a long term process, mm-hmm. and it's also a long term process to come up with anything like that, mm-hmm. like anything like the the Games Workshop style terrain system where you have two specific sets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even something like that takes time to develop, and then also the terrain is has to be built for it specifically. And I mean, besides the economies of scale, there's also massive overhead costs involved in doing any type of thing like that. So, you know, those are all considerations we have to take into account. Um, one of the interesting things from both was when I asked the question, I asked the same question on both for this one, which is, do you like the US uh, the Games Workshop US Open style terrain system with the preset maps? It's almost the exact same percentage that said yes. Which is sixty one percent and sixty one point five percent. Both said they like it, um, and it's I mean, almost it's, it's the same number who like... haven't used it. Fourteen and a half haven't used it in one, and sixteen and a half in the other haven't used it. Yeah. So, like the numbers very much line up for both sets, whether they are participants in our events or not. Yeah, and and I think it's important to point out it's possible to like multiple systems. Yeah. I I've kind of always been a, mm-hmm. a proponent. I know there's some people that want the community to go in the direction of sort of a, a mono terrain system across all events. Mm-hmm. I, you know, terrain variation between events can significantly vary what armies do well, yeah. what yeah. lists can do well in those armies. So I personally enjoy that kind of variation between events. So um, I'm, I'm totally down with there being multiple styles of events. And yeah. so I can certainly see how like 65% can say, Hey, I like, I like player place at FLG events, but I also like GW pre-placed mm-hmm. or, or, or map yeah. terrain. Um, well, and it's also well. a, th- it's also important to remember, like Kicker was saying about frontline gaming, it'd be almost impossible for them to just change everything within like a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. It's it's even more impossible for the smaller events mm-hmm. to do something like this when they don't own the machines that make their own terrain. 
Yep. You know, that kind of stuff. So like keeping in mind that like there has to be other systems. It can't all be one system, especially if the system you're looking at is like one that's supported by a, you know, multi-million dollar corporation. Yeah. Like it's just not possible. And I like the, I like the GW US Open style events too. I've played on it. Mm-hmm. I've judged U.S. Open events last year. I didn't do any of this season, but I did last year, and I like it. It's it's good. It is you know something that's good. And then when do you, you ask, do yeah. you think John that you know just look like with that terrain? I like. I mean, I played on the I played the U.S. Open terrain as well, yeah. and I think it's fun. The the you know don't get me wrong, but is there an issue where it moves? Where it can kind of you know like people assume that the terrain is placed correctly, but yeah. you know through a day train mm-hmm. moves was that ever an issue that you noticed where you know you have to go i guess reset the terrain in between rounds so rarely that happened okay like where there was a significant change yeah um and we were pretty good about at the events i was at i can't speak for any of the ones um walking around and making sure so you know the judges are responsible to keep that yeah train and we're proactive and hey that cool. terrain piece is wrong we'll literally go over and change it okay cool like cool. even, even yeah. if the game has started like that's not correct that needs to be this way, yeah. you know, whatever the case may be. Um, Cause it's important to, to play on it the way it's yeah. supposed to be played on. Um, yeah. But it's not a huge deal. No. Okay. Um, and then when we asked, which do you prefer for terrain at an event? Um, people who went to FLG events, uh, the majority of them preferred FLG player place terrain. Mm-hmm. And then those who didn't, the majority preferred terrain maps. Right. Yeah. But only yeah. slightly more so than like player place. So like it's a, there's definitely competing theories. Yeah. Um, and I think there's definitely room to improve um, because in the second section, I asked like the, I called it the feelings section um, where we were asking. So we asked how you can improve the FLG events. How you can you improve this type of thing? And a lot of the responses we got were um, not necessarily that you have to adopt one type of terrain over the other, but just suggestions on how to make it better. Cool. Um, and so some of that stuff is stuff we'd already talked about and thought of the judges group. Um, some of it is stuff that other people had already said to us. And then there's uh, brand new things too. So I'm really excited to like share that with the group so we can all kind of look at it and see um, what's going on there. But overwhelmingly people are positive about um, experience at frontline gaming events. If they're overwhelmingly positive about um their experience overall with 40 K in the season, like not just at our events, but events in general, Um, people are overwhelmingly positive. Um, When you feel about the impact the train has on your game, again, overwhelmingly positive in terms of like, what did the impact of the train was? One that's making me feel Um, all warm and fuzzy inside. Like, you know, (laughs) like you just had a big old bowl of golden grams. Uh, (laughs) uh, No, but, 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 but John, no, this is good to hear. Right. But, Mm -hmm. I think something that I know that you started doing on your own, which really made me very proud to call you a friend and part of the Frontline Gaming family, was that you started very proactively trying to, hey, reach out to people and or, or communicate to people that, you know, did have opinions that were not necessarily so positive. And I want people to know if they're listening to this podcast or if they have a friend that listens, you know, like that, you know, has a thought about Frontline Gaming, like, guys – reach out to us. You know, we are of the community for the community. That is, that is the roots of frontline gaming. Uh, you know, if you, if, if there are things you want to share, like we're open-minded, we want to hear them. Like that's how we pivot. We can't pivot on the dime because we are, you know, we have literally hundreds of trains just for 40 K. And then we have like, you know, the narrative, we have ages Sigmar, we have all this other stuff taking place, but we really generally do want to do the best that we can possibly do with what we have. Uh, so if you do have an opinion, 
like, and, or you got advice, man. Like I love advice. Shoot me an email events at frontlinegaming.org. That is my email. I will I read it every single day, even on Sunday. Uh, so yeah, shoot me an email, John and, and the judges all have a really cool link on our player packet for 40 K which is a nice formal form that is reviewed every single day. We see the incoming uh, questions and mm-hmm. those questions are answered and posted publicly so that more people can see it. So, you know, guys, we want to be as approachable as we can and really keep frontline gaming doing what we do best, which is putting on awesome events. Yep. Uh, yeah. John, um, any other like big surprises did you, from the surveys? Anything just kind of catch you off guard? No, nothing caught me off guard. Um, I was pleased that everybody's ex- the overwhelmingly everybody's experience with Warhammer was positive over the last year. Yeah. Um, because you hear a lot of negativity online. You yeah. you especially on places like uh Reddit, not to be down on anybody who uses Reddit, but it's an over it's a predominantly negative space. Yeah. Um Twitter's a predominantly negative space, even the 40k community on it. So it's nice to to get feedback from not only the people who participate in our events, but also like overall the community online, yeah. that it's it's mostly been a positive experience this year. Yeah, man, I got I got to tell you, because I, I luckily or fortunately have the power to do so. Um, sometimes I'm like, who are these guys that are really, uh, for lack of better words, just being such trolls or pain in the ass? It's like, what's <laughs> their deal? Who the hell is this asshole? Right. And uh, I just go look into the ticketing records of frontline gaming events as well as some of our partner events. And I can go back and see I'm like, well, these guys haven't played a competitive game since like. 2014 2015 you know like it's yeah. just like like some of the loudest mouth people don't actually go to events and maybe they got really frustrated back mm-hmm. five six seven years ago when they went to an event they were really unhappy and they're still bitter about it but the world of competitive 40k the community of competitive 40k is completely different now you know come on to, down to a frontline game event really any competitive event i'm sure you'll be surprised with how friendly and welcoming and enjoyable the competitive scene can be mm-hmm. uh and, and maybe that can change your opinion so instead of just trolling stuff that might have happened to you you know a long time ago you know consider consider coming back out to an event i think you'll be happy uh seth you follow the competitive uh, landscape more than i do how is the uh, i hate the, the 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 b word but the balance looking because john and john saying everything's positive uh you know you know it looks like feedback's good but how are like are we, we're looking at a pretty balanced world right now right in yeah terms of so um generally speaking the data seems to be pretty good um the, the kind of the biggest outliers right now are demons um and mainly kind of on the the back of the flamers of zinch um but uh kind of in that vein did either one of you get a chance to watch the uh the meta watch uh i don't say article but video uh gw put out like last week no sorry. no I, I did not sorry <laughs> so, so um, FLGN? i don't know did it no happen? it wasn't but importantly it, um they recognized some of the shortcomings of of the balanced data site that they had put out that it didn't really change the things they wanted to change it didn't really see a big win rate improvement for space marines or admech and it didn't really see much of in the way of nerfs for uh harlequins and uh tyranids so it was nice to see them acknowledge that that did not have the planned effect that they were trying to get. Um, So it's nice to see that, that even though we are fairly balanced in terms of win rates out there, it's not just like GW is going great job us. All right, great. We're good. We're done. Um, They were like, no, yeah, no, we didn't see the changes we wanted to see. So we're going to keep working on it. So um, I think overall, like, we're in a pretty good spot. I know people are kind of starting to feel like ninth edition's getting a little stale, and I'm sure tenth edition's coming. But uh, that doesn't mean that uh, where the game is in a bad spot. It's there's plenty of good games left to be played. Um, I have uh, you know this this the kind of smallish event on the horizon. I don't know if you've heard of it, LVO. I hear it's going to be a good time, yeah, yeah. and it's going to be ninth edition, right? 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. So it should be great. It should be a party. Um, so yeah, I overall the, everything seems to be in a pretty good spot balance wise. There's no boogeyman. The the feared uh, rise of the League of Votan really hasn't seen seen the data support that yet. So um, you know, I don't think we have any busted armies right now to worry about. So uh, overall, you can kind of go out there and play what you want, kicker. Yeah, sweet, sweet, sweet. Uh, John, I'd love to keep you on while Seth goes to the comp track, uh, the 40K comp competitive yeah. track. And I'm, track. Cool? I'm actually kind of entertained to do the comp track this week with John here because John, yeah. uh, in previous years, he hasn't had as much time this year to do it, but you no. have done kind of updates on on uh, the ITC articles. Mm-hmm. So it'll be inter- interesting to kind of get your take on some of these people because we're towards the end of the season, so I'm looking at top 10s uh, sure. because point-wise – most guys in the 10th place spot still have a chance if they were to have that that miracle run at LVO to, to capture the top spot. So uh, let's get into that. Our our competitive track for the week, 40K competitive, number one is still Jack Harpster, number two, Vic VJ, number three, John London, number four, David Gaylar, number five, Thomas Ogden, number six, Manny Chima, number seven, Colin McDade, number eight, Mike Porter, number nine, Nassim Fuchain, and number 10, Ennis Wilson. And to my knowledge, John, Everyone on that list, minus Mike Porter in eighth, mm-hmm. will be at the LVO. I believe so, yes. So lots of opportunity for guys to move around here. Uh, yeah. Any Anyone in that list that uh, sort of surprises you or maybe previous years has made a run but just couldn't close the deal? Uh, the Art of War guys are almost always in there somewhere in the mix. Yeah. Um, Ennis Wilson has not, as far as I know, made a – run in the previous years yeah not a strong one and i feel like he's got a real strong chance this year manny's been manny's been you know putting in time same with thomas both those guys have been doing really good this year yeah Yeah. i actually remember meeting thomas two years ago at aco and he had kind of just come off a a break for a while so um he's kind of been getting back at it yeah and 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 seth we should probably point out like this is a nice group of people this is not just americans this is a nice spread of almost 50 50 yeah yeah that the the european uh rise of events uh you know the the complaint years ago was europe didn't have access to large-scale events (laughs) but now there's been a rise of large-scale events over there and and we're seeing that kind of bear itself out in the in the the scoring uh of events and the itc uh algorithms so here we are we've got a nice mix of foreign and uh domestic uh placements there so uh hopping on down to the hobby track our number one is matt aaron number two andrew ganyo which in my notes i mistyped as hanyo so andrew you are now hanyo sorry bud uh <laughs> jacob thayer as number three number four lou rollin number five aaron kelman number 16 pritchard number seven eric mullins number eight Derek page uh number nine kevin grubbs and number 10 scott boucher uh, and I do know a fair few of these guys, at least over half of them are going to be at the LVO. So again, um, high placement there is certainly going to get you, uh, going and, uh, kicker. I've seen Jacob's secret project for his display board. Yeah. 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 Is- I, I've seen some works in progress photos of it. Yeah. So guys, if you are going to LVO, make sure you take time just to roam the hall oh, and look at the yeah, beautiful display There's going to be some, some armies there that are going to blow your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, you know, we look at them in, in like, you know, the codexes and white dwarfs and online and you see these really cool pictures, but there's just something different about like having that model right in your face and you're being like, how and, 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 did you as a human do this? this and there's impossible, a certain right? style to game 
Games Workshop in terms of what they put in their codex versus yeah. what you see at an event. And in the event, it's the Wild West, man. There is so much creativity on display there that yeah. it's it just yeah blow you away. So yeah, mm -hmm. I always encourage people to you know not in between rounds, like get to the hall early or take time after the hall and just walk around yeah. and look at all the cool. You stuff know, whenever there. whenever I I uh, well I won't be tabling anyone because I'm not playing, but you know <laughs> if you have the unfortunate scenario of getting tabled, maybe you can lift your spirits by checking out some pretty armies. <laughs> All right, now, now into the comp track. Number one, um, he changed his name in BCP. It's, I'm going with Gavin Grigar, but it's Gaving now in BCP. So uh, I just thought you were saying Gavin. Sorry, but yep. Uh, number two, Anthony Trentanelli. Number three, Jeremy Vizier. Number four, Thomas Guan. Number five, Rajana. Number six, Matt Beasley. Number seven, Zach Kennedy. Number eight, Emma Mangles. Number nine, Matt Robish. And number 10, Jiwan Noan Singh. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah. try. But uh, AOS competitive track, again, uh, a lot of these folks are in striking distance. But, I mean, Gavin Gavin won uh, 40K or AOS uh, for Last GW. Year. He's got a chance to repeat as ITC, and that would be taking town two titles in one year. I'm going to go with Tom Guan. You're going with Tom. Tom got to bring him down. I know Tom from uh, War Machine days. When he oh, so you actually know this War guy Machine personally? Guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a local here. Yeah. Sweet, yeah. Sweet. Tom's an um, excellent I, player. I know, like, based on the preview we saw last Wednesday, I think AOS is going to have a really big year coming. They have nine books coming out next yeah. year. That's a lot of books. Can so. we just can we just say, say this straight up? We're at over 200, uh, 380, sorry, 380 for just the Age of Sigmar champs at LVO. Yeah, nice. And that's because we, we had a cutoff date. We just don't have the train anymore. Like we're, we're and maxed and have you told the, the big news about who's streaming that? Uh, no, we got to wait for a little okay. bit longer. I can't. I can't. Secrets, folks. Secrets. Secret All right. Hop it on down to the hobby track. Number one, Robert Snyder. Number two, Nick Garcia. Number three, Rick Fisher. Number four, Jeremy Williams. Number five, Anthony Trentadelli. Number six, Matt Beasley. Number seven, Gabriel Pacheco. Number eight, Martin Orlando. Number nine, Evan Markham. And number 10, Gareth Thomas. And that is your ITC recap for the week. And I did it so fast and so well, it made Salty John disappear. <laughs> he just disappeared. That's okay. That's okay, John, it was great having you on the show, man. Uh, yeah, Martin Orlando. This guy's awesome. He's our Age of Sigmar uh, ACOTO. And that guy, oh, I, I cool. didn't realize he was like, – his painting stuff is amazing, but he's I didn't realize he was in the top 10 for the hobby track. Yeah. Well done, dude. Yeah, he's there, man. So, well yeah, done. pretty well cool. Done. Pretty cool. AOS has a great community. Um, they're always a bunch of fun guys to hang out with. So um, I'm super excited to see their, their, their community keep growing. You know, my heart is with, with 40K, but I got to say, man, those AOS models – as always, man. No, yeah, they're they're so gorgeous. Good. They're gorgeous. So um, I actually know some guys that went out and bought the eight, the Slaves of Darkness box. Yeah, uh, just to get that that Demon Prince. But now they're like, man, these these other models are pretty dang good too. Yeah, yeah. Up, yeah. Seth. <laughs> oh, we only talk about world eaters now. <laughs> just world oh. eaters all the time. Thank you, Tech Priest Sticky. You're welcome. Uh, yes, world eaters will be on our mind for the next two to three months. Years. 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 Yeah. Well, when they drop, we can. Man, it's going to be so funny when I wreck you, Dickie, and what? your world eaters get sent packing uh, by my orcs. Wow. wow. It won't happen. It won't happen. It'll happen. No. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, that's all we have for this week. Kicker, do you have any final thoughts for the night? Yeah, guys, on, on behalf of Seth, myself, Tech Priest Sticky, uh, the entire Signals from the Frontline crew, as well as the entire Frontline Gaming family, I want to say we are so thankful for this amazing community and we wish you all a wonderful Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.
Happy <laughs> Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Have a great Thanksgiving, and we will see you live next Wednesday. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs>